Not one day passes by in the financial industry without hearing, reading or talking about design. It has become a trendy buzzword, but in reality it is much more than that. McKinsey released an in-depth report in October 2018 on the business value of design. This research revealed striking findings. They found a strong correlation between better design and superior business performance. The companies who were in top quartile with their design increased their revenues and the total return to shareholders substantially faster than their peers over a five-year period. It seems like design has its effect regardless of the industry, as previously mentioned findings were true in all three of the industries they looked at, medical technology, consumer goods and retail banking. So we can say that besides being a trendy buzzword, the potential for design-driven growth is enormous in both product and service-based sectors. Welcome to Fintech Flow, where we deep dive into the depth and complexity of successful startups, sit down with bright fintech minds, and bridge together the gap in mindset between the legacy players and today's innovators. With 10 years experience as a manager in the financial sector, MIT certified fintech expert Linda Shalai is prepared to put it all in play and to follow the flow. Today, we will take a deeper look at design. We will discuss the value of design, how it could be created successfully, how can we measure it, and what impact will it have. I have an awesome guest to discuss design with, as Ivan Muk is by my side, who is co-founder and responsible for business development at Family Finances. Family Finances is a fintech startup offering design-driven mobile banking solutions for financial institutions with a special focus on younger customers including off-the-shelf solutions that are all easy to integrate and white-label, as well as end-to-end service from UX research throughout UX UI design to implementation. Ivan, welcome to Fintech Flow. Hello everyone, I'd like to welcome all of you and thank you very much for having me. Thanks for being here. So, as I mentioned, design is really a very often used buzzwords, but could you help us a little bit uh, to understand what do you mean by design and what is your definition for that? So with design, you have to draw several analogies, for example, that between art and design, you have to particularly make a distinction. Uh, For example, in art, you do not have to make sense. You can actually make questions, ask questions. And it's quite interesting that you can be a lot more explorative. In design, you have to make sense. You have to make or create solutions. That's a a very important uh, uh, differentiator there and also um, there's a great metaphor for that as well that with design you have a certain bridge between complexity and meaning so for example in case you have in the background technology infrastructure hardware you have to make a certain connection with the end user and you have to create design there of course just to make it even easier to understand uh, you, you can think of design um, as a four-layer concept uh, with, for example, other buzzwords, so to say, uh, um, visual design, interface design, user experience design, and also product design. And firstly, just uh, starting with visual design, you have to kind of uh, create something that looks somehow. And then with interface design, uh, you have to put together the bits and pieces, uh, uh, the different parts, where these parts should be actually placed. And also with user experience design, you have to ask the question, are people going to be able to use your solution? And uh, last but not least, with product design, you have to actually ask the question, does that make sense? Uh, Are you creating the right thing? 
So uh, there are lots of different sorts of layers with design. I just wanted to kind of summarize it just to make uh, sure that everyone understands uh, that, that design is, is really a universal concept and you, you have to also uh, make that distinction as well. Yeah, thanks for that. And it is uh, universal and uh, I think it's maybe hard to digest for the first time. To help on it a little bit, could you mention some great examples for design and some not so good ones? Yeah, sure. So, so I would say uh, with good examples, uh, of course, you do not have to firstly think of like nice sketches on the wall and with superficial uh, design strategies, but really with core design, craftsmanship, uh, visual understanding, etc. So, for example, really design-driven products in the digital space, for example, Slack, Dropbox, uh, Pinterest, where actually design is could be mentioned as, as something uh, beautiful, but it, it's not actually the whole purpose with design to, to create something that's beautiful. Of course, it gives you a certain feeling, so, so that's actually a, a nice, nice thing. But in case design is, is invisible or, or obvious or, or intuitive, which is another buzzword, but you can use it without actually uh, thinking through the whole process. Um, Apple products with man- without manuals or, or, uh, or other things. Uh, also, you could mention uh, from the UX perspective, like best practices that UK government's portal or, for example, uh, uh, really strong brand personas like the brand persona of Nike with really strong, confident people without actually smiling on the billboards. Um, bad examples, you do not have to um, th- think quite hard because, uh, for example, in case you can't buy uh, your uh, train ticket, uh, for example, uh, and you have a bachelor degree and you, you, you think of yourself, am I stupid? No, you are not. So actually it should be really obvious. Uh, it should be an obvious task or it should be very easy to, to conduct such uh, uh, things and to, to be able to actually buy a train ticket. So, so uh, these could be the bad examples, of course, in case you use a certain mobile application and then you have a success screen and there you have uh, uh, lots of uh, buttons there with red colors. You, you of course, won't be confident uh, and also pushing that particular button. So, so there are really obvious examples where we where you don't feel confident, where you, don't, uh, where you can't really navigate between certain parts of the process. So... Um, there are lots of bad and good examples, I would say, and that's not really easy to, to actually uh, say something's good, something's nice, but actually in case you use certain things, certain products, services, it actually uh, uh, occurs to you quite quickly, whether something is great or not. So you mentioned that uh, looking good is not the purpose of design. What is it then? Of course you can have a certain experience focus, but you, mm-hmm. of, of course, have to have a certain business focus. So you have to translate good design into good business value and also uh, financial KPIs, etc. Um, having great onboarding, you can acquire more people. Having a great usability with your application service product, etc. Uh, you can actually increase the transaction volume of, of usage as well. Um, of course, Good design means uh, also business value for, for the companies. But of course, you have to uh, firstly make also the distinction between experience focus, uh, having great toolkits, uh, conducting uh, um, um, methodologies, uh, also routing in, in uh, service design as well. 
But on the other hand, you, of course, have to cope with several limitations and restrictions from, uh, for example, from the banking environment, uh, infrastructure, regulation, etc. Just to mention few uh, from, from, from the fintech world. Uh, of course, it really depends on the industry. So, of course, it's it's not. There are some, of course, industry agnostic aspects of design, but of course, you have to cope with uh, these aspects too. Okay, so actually, your task is not very easy. You're a fintech company working in the financial world, and uh, what you are trying to do is make banking sexy again. Yeah, definitely. So, so we actually uh, try to create or we, we create design-driven mobile banking solutions, of course, with a special focus on younger customers. But what we've actually recognized, that of course, it's urgent to have and provide great design uh, for actually younger generation, uh, younger generations. But on the other hand, uh, great design, great usability, great UX is also fine for the whole mass retail clientele. So uh, you should not actually uh, just exclude other parts of uh, the retail clientele. So, so just to mention it, um, yeah, we try to make uh, banking sexier uh, and, and also, of course, leveraging lots of uh, the methodologies from service design, design thinking, uh, but also uh, having a certain uh, uh, domain knowledge in terms of the fintech industry and knowing what's going to be integrated Uh, and what can be used, what cannot be used, and also from lots of different sorts of aspects like branding. Um, just to mention a quite uh, fresh uh, item of news, uh, JP Morgan uh, shut down its Fin application, which was a standalone millennial-focused application, and then they right now try to brand it as part of the JP Morgan Chase uh, uh, family. And that's quite interesting to see that also really big banks are not able to uh, actually brand a standalone application, which actually we at Family Finances really believe in that, for, for example, younger generations need uh, a specific solutions, uh, not really the, uh, the uh, huge spaceship uh, mobile banking applications with 40 plus functions, uh, because they do not use actually uh, the majority of these functions. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you mentioned JP Morgan because we're going to get back to that also later but we can see looking also at the international uh, scheme in fintech and big financial institutions banks insurance companies that actually this open innovation concept is really not easy to implement and uh, make it successful. Before we get into that, what I would like to ask, because I understand the value of design for customers, but of course, uh, design should be a business decision as well. And you also mentioned that uh, there are KPIs, how it can be measured. So what is the impact design can have on the business side? First and foremost, I think we have to mention that, of course, as a designer, you have a certain toolkit. But once you have to or you want to and you work with alongside with uh, 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 financial institutions, you want to co-create something or at least somehow or partly customize your solution, you have to let off several aspirations and you cannot use the whole toolkit. And also Peter Holacci, co-founder of Prezi, once said that service designers should stop bitching about their clients. It means that you can't use the whole toolkit. You you should actually just just know what tenth of your toolkit could be used and then use it because uh, uh, your clients are not interested in your toolkit. They are interested in their problems being solved. It's it's an important different uh, difference. Yeah, that. it's important. 
And of course, you have to kind of balance uh, between the UX-driven goals and these financial KPIs and business-related KPIs. So, uh, of course, uh, you have to acquire users, you have to build loyalty, you have to reduce churn rates. Uh, but these uh, are all, I would say, complementary goals and purposes. And, and actually, UX and UI design can do a lot to actually uh, make these things happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, I would again uh, <laughs> dig a little deeper, as also we could read it in the this uh, McKinsey research that I uh, mentioned that they found a strong correlation between strong design and superior business performance. It should not be easy. How can you translate good design into financial results? Or I could also ask, what is design worth? How can you measure design? That's a very important question, and and you have to measure design. Uh, on a quantitative and qualitative basis as well. Uh, you conduct research, research, research. So, so it really has to be highlighted. Of course, on the uh, quantitative basis, uh, you have to conduct uh, in-depth interviews, use usability tests that just to see whether users can actually use your solution. On the other side, of course, uh, you have to use uh, quantitative data just, just to make sure that your website is fine. Uh, Uh, for example, using Hotjars uh, tools or, or actually uh, seeing where the customer is lost, uh, how to make sure that, that you have your customer and you, you do not uh, give too many uh, pieces of information to that particular user. Of course, uh, uh, platforms like Airbnb are really great in terms of these values. Uh, just to understand the fact that in case you... you Firstly, just give a certain amount of information. That's going to be enough. And progressively, during the whole process, you can give more and more information related to actually uh, booking a certain apartment. Um, and, and that's not easy. So could we say less is more? Somewhere I read the quote which was uh, something like, uh, the best design is the as little design as can be, or something like this. Yes. Actually, there are lots of quotes for that. Also, uh, like... Einstein said that simplicity is the highest level of intelligence. Of course, there are these quotes there. Uh, in case something is obvious, something is invisible, something is very easy to use, it's, it's uh, once again a great thing. In case it, something gives you a, a great feeling, even better, uh, whether due to, due to the fact that it's, it's, it's beautiful or it's really easy to use. So it's actually saving you time, saving you seconds, Uh, just to uh, load an application, just to actually log into a certain portal, uh, just to find your files, uh, uh, just to be able to send a message. Um, in case it saves you time in, in 2019, that's a very important value. And then uh, uh, from that perspective, it's quite important. But on the other side, so uh, in case design is, is not considered as a, a, an important part of your processes. In case design is a certain vendor, you can turn to and say, hey, this is a solution, please design it. That's the wrong approach. And, and that used to be the approach. Like uh, 10 years ago, there was no such position uh, like a UX UI or UX designer at all. Uh, the, the actual term wasn't invented back then. What is the good approach? The good approach, I would say, is that from... Early on, actually, at the initial meeting, you have to actually include the designer team as well. And then just to make sure that they actually understand 
the uh, solution. And, you can actually, of course, uh, leverage their toolkit as well, just to understand uh, users, customers better. And on the other side, uh, actually, when they can actually start designing uh, the pro- product or service, uh, then they'll be able to understand the the uh, whole comprehensive problem. And then, uh, uh, of course, with with more and more information, it's of course a lot easier to design the uh, right things. Mm-hmm. When you have a first meeting about design, do companies typically come to you with a problem? Like, I don't know, the churn ratio is very bad or it takes too long time to administer a mortgage? Or do they come to you with the future goal, like we want to acquire more customers or we want to increase some uh, KPIs? So actually, uh, what's what's uh, really interesting that lots of financial institutions have recognized that a good design or great user experience is inevitable. It's needed. But on the other hand, um, so I would say what's, what's not yet uh, understood, I would say that in case uh, design is not um, created or developed internally with the actual mobile development or, or development team, then the, the actual design is not going to be implemented like the, the designer actually uh, uh, constructed uh, a certain product or service. Um, but they understand it already, that they have to be open for, for actually um, UX agencies, uh, uh, design-driven uh, fintech startups, also uh, uh, other uh, uh, companies and that's just important because of the fact that they actually know that UX UI is important and design is important so uh, without actually being able to define the problem they can turn to us which is great although of course there are other clients that already know the the actual problem they want to re- uh, reduce churn rates Th- that's a problem and and that actually can easily be translated into uh, a, a experience focus-related problem as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't acquire people. Why is that? Is actually the service itself or the product itself bad? Or is actually the onboarding process too long or too complicated? Uh, we can ask lots of these questions. So um, I would say uh, it's great in case we, we kind of know, I would say, the, the problem. But in case we, we think we know the problem, we, of course, always have to think it through of course, our churn rates uh, are high, but is it actually the the uh, uh, initial point of the problem, or we have to dig a lot deeper? deeper. Yeah. And and the the very important fact is that you have to dirty your hands, and and uh, it's most of the cases. Uh, so it's actually um, not really the case with with uh, most of the uh, big organizations. Uh, for example, actually working with banks, it's a great thing because uh, they also have great research materials and, and you, you, you as, a, as a client also uh, uh, have access to these. But banks, on the other hand, do not always tend to use these research materials and then don't really believe in the value of, of actually asking people. But I would say that should be really the uh, kind of best practice to uh, believe in research. And on the other side... Uh, of the coin also or dirty your hands so as an executive ask users and 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 also uh do not think yourself as a user 
it, it should be really uh, mm -hmm. mentioned and highlighted that you are not the average user. You have to dirty your hands. You have to believe in research and, and you have to uh, uh, actually try to roll out products and solutions as quickly as possible. Uh, because this way you can actually uh, gain market insights directly from customers. And these are not going to be hypotheses, but these are going to be actual data. So it's better to be wrong a bit than, than uh, not being wrong and then being very wrong. Think that you're not being wrong yeah, and then exactly. being very wrong. Yeah, big financial institution doesn't like to be wrong. Uh, so it's, uh, it's hard work again. Then the other very difficult question is, how do companies deliver exceptional design? Is there a typical framework? You mentioned that there is a toolkit and you should not always use all the tools. Can you help us imagine how a process like this happens? Yeah, for example, just to start with the uh, um, mostly use a famous and infamous uh, design thinking methodology. Um, of course, there are different parts of uh, design thinking. For example, you can mention empathizing, then defining, then ideating, prototyping and testing. But you have to apply design thinking once you apply design thinking with all of the restrictions, uh, specific uh, limitations uh, of your given industry or sector. So uh, I can mention that we, we really uh, like using the toolkit of service design, design thinking. But for example, starting with, for example, empathizing, you have to empathize uh, with your customers by conducting in-depth interviews uh, and focus group interviews. Uh, but also uh, your clients as banks, for example, have great uh, uh, research materials, as I mentioned before. And then you, you have to use these as well. You have to synthesize all the knowledge about a given uh, um, a sector or target group, and then you can you can move forward. And then once you want to define a certain problem, of course you have to uh, you can use a uh, journey maps, uh, empathy map, uh, service blueprint, uh, lots of lots of different sorts of uh, uh, tools. There are lots of out there, uh, but then you also have to cope with the um, uh, restrictions also from business KPIs, also from different stakeholders, etc. Also, once you uh, get to ideation, of course, you have to ideate, you have to uh, really openly um, elaborate on certain questions, but you also have to uh, take into consideration integration-related issues once you work with a certain bank uh, and also uh, several uh, other restrictions. And once you move to uh, prototyping, of course, you have to follow style guides of uh, these financial institutions just to preserve the unified brand of them. Uh, also, at the phase of prototyping, that's also important. And you have to uh, prepare high or even ultra-high fidelity prototypes. It means that um, in case you want to kind of make a, a banking executive decide on a certain issue, you have to really show them how it's going to or how it could look like. And you can't really just come up with wireframes, for example. It's important that, that uh, uh, high fidelity is kind of the new low fidelity. Uh, once, you, once you work with, uh, with, with clients uh, that really tend to, I would say, uh, and, and it's, it's not something negative, but tend to overthink elements that are not important and not taking into consideration important elements that are actually um, uh, really important from uh, usability perspectives. 
When you get to prototyping, the goal is with prototypes is only to show the management, let's say, so that they see where you are heading. Or again, you get back to customers at this stage and validate with them as well. Exactly. That's actually the uh, fifth step there. That's a uh, testing part. And there you have to uh, uh, test, of course, these prototypes, of course, it, it, it's important that, of course, it's rooted in also Lean UX that um, you should not code anything there. So uh, there are lots of great tools where you can actually create these great prototypes. So users wouldn't actually say uh, some in some really good cases that there's no application behind the prototype. So there are no, no lines of code actually behind that so actually just animated prototypes mm -hmm. so once you once you click on uh certain parts of uh your prototype then then uh you can actually um, um see the process and the flow um actually what you have to do there when working for banks still um, um conversion onboarding are very important uh and and banks really like uh um, putting an emphasis on these factors, it's it's fine and it's important, but then you have to, as a UX UI designer, insist on promoting uh, also user experience, usability aspects, etc. I just wanted to add that, that I'm actually not a UX UI designer, I'm a design enthusiast in that sense. My, my twin brother, uh, uh, Ferenc Mook. Is he your twin? Actually, you are triplets. Uh, that's that's wow. <laughs> yeah, and this is not actually the uh, the fact why we are family finances. But uh, <laughs> so so uh, uh, Ferenc is our UX UI designer, and then uh, he knows a lot more about design. Actually, there are lots of business aspects there, and, and in case I can understand something from a design perspective, then then uh, I would say that's that's a nice layer how you then have to uh, uh, talk to. Uh, banks. So uh, that's why I would say we, we started out family finances uh, with a strong design mindset. Of course, in the co-founder team, uh, one guy is a UX UI designer. That means something. And then uh, so far, it really worked out quite well. So we, we uh, of course, uh, apply design at all the aspects of family finances. Just to mention a few, um, when writing articles, uh, creating pitch decks, uh, intro materials, brochures, uh, merchandise, items, uh, postcards, stickers, etc. We always tend to and want to uh, um, have a certain design-driven-ness there or UX-focused-ness there um, uh, just, to, just to make sure that it's a certain USP of family finances. Of course, you could mention that design is not a USP alone, mm -hmm. but still um, we'd like to, to emphasize that, that um, we really focus on design a lot and of course uh, the effect that we have a certain special focus on younger customers um, since we've been working on the field of kind of youth banking it's a made-up word so it's it's rather the banking of younger customers uh, which is I would say not rocket science but on the other hand you have to really pay attention and then you have to uh, conduct research and and once you have the a certain privilege what we had, that we had the, the chance to, to conduct research on this field two years long uh, so far, uh, that's, that's actually an added value, I would say. How do banks or insurance companies, big financial institutions, approach design? How much design-driven are they? Because 
If I look at your web page and the big financial institutions web page, well, I can see the difference. And also you talked about youth banking. I mean, maybe the generation who most appreciate design is not very important clientele at the moment for big financial institutions. So what is the big financial institutions approach towards these issues? What's happening uh, that there are some best practices that there's a certain UX team inside the bank that right now rather th- uh, rather helps uh, translating what bigger uh, uh, consultancies, uh, management consulting firms uh, actually give as an advice to these financial institutions. So they rather translate these, uh, but in case uh, these UX or UX UI designers or product designers, visual designers, interface designers can be applied actually internally in a certain bank or very closely with a certain vendor that can be a startup, that can be uh, a, a agency, uh, then it's it's a nice approach. So I would say that there are some best practices arising. Most More and more banks are, are open for, for UX UI there. Uh, what's important that you should not uh, think of designers as vendors. And and just getting back to a a previous answer, most of the banks right now rather think of design as as a certain part of the whole process. We already thought through the whole problem. We know what the solution should look like or should, should be created. And then we tell the designer, hey, uh, it should look nice. It should be easy to use. It should be... uh, um, uh, simplified, but then, so in case a designer is not there from the beginning of, of designing these processes, services, and products, that can be a pitfall, that can be a problem. And and also, um, of course, there are uh, real restrictions that, for example, a mobile banking application cannot be released uh, every month. There are certain release management issues uh, with bigger banks. There are pros and cons for that. Being more agile, not just uh, because of uh, the uh, fancy agile methodology, but, but really being able to to uh, to uh, react to the arising needs of the market more quickly. Uh, that's an important aspect. And um, yeah, there are certain challenges when co-creating with, with the financial institution. What I, I wouldn't say like financial institution, like big corporations rather. Yeah. Uh, of course... Uh, you can't use, for example, your um, toolkit, and it's not just the toolkit, your frameworks, but your, for example, communication tools, your your uh, task management tools, all of the uh, great and design-driven tools uh, that you use because of banking security, uh, cloud-based softwares. How should I send my um, design files via a certain cloud-based platform, or shall I send it in an email? Okay, then I'm going to exceed the limits of the size. So we are um, getting back to real mail <laughs> post. Um, yeah, exactly. So, so uh, and, and there you have to have a certain humble approach that you are, of course, serving the client at the end of the day. So, uh, uh, of course, you have to understand that they are dealing with several of these problems. Uh, of course, you have to have them overcome these issues it it should not be easy and i'm pretty sure that it's a long and on it will be an ongoing process for the next decade but uh, but i think that it's great that more and more big companies being financial or in other industries 
they realize the importance of design, which is, I think, great. Firstly, because it's great for their customers. And that's the, that's the whole point. That should be the whole point. So I think that's great. It's great that there are more and more methodologies and more and more people who can help uh, to them with that. So I think it's, it's going to a good direction. Do you agree? Yeah, I would really agree. Uh, and uh, what's really important that, uh, of course, we have lots of these buzzwords. Uh, disrupt or disruption used to be a, a big buzzword, but it actually have lots of people change their mindset. Design is also right now a great buzzword. Uh, also, we just actually started using these buzzwords and then we already we already hate these buzzwords. But still, it, it's a concept, it's a mindset, it's a perspective it's a way of actually dealing with problems because of course designers at the end of the day are people solving problems for you in case you apply uh, design in-house then you solve uh, your problems with another toolkit that I would say helps you uh, even more than of course traditional approaches because yeah markets are changing customers are changing customer behavior is changing and sometimes your good old methodology doesn't work And of course, maybe design is going to evolve and and become another buzzword, become another methodology in about one, five, ten years' time. Uh, Maybe we won't have UX, UI designers in about 50 years' time. They are going to be called, I don't know, something. Uh, The important fact is that that you have to solve uh, the real problems and then actually design and design's uh, methodology really helps you focus on customers have a human-centered view and and actually um, really make you think you have to dirty your hands in case you want to to solve problems of the end customer which is not you yes but you get paid back after dirtying your hands because as McKinsey says it's not only great for the customers but it is shown in real financial results Exactly. And, and the, the, not only the uh, correlation is, is important, what was actually recognized. And I think for the first time written by uh, someone, which was McKinsey, yeah. so, so it's really a great thing just to discover the correlation itself. It's also a great thing, for example, mentioning one out of, I, I think, four, there are four major issues what's actually highlighted by McKinsey. Yes. Uh, and, and cross-functional teams is actually the thing what I was also uh, talking about previously that in case design is applied as part of the cross-functional team, cross-functional team meaning also design, business, IT development, regulation, legal, compliance, all sorts of these aspects are there, then uh, you're able to, to design the right solution. Yeah, yeah. Great. Thank you, Ivan, for being here and uh, sharing all this. I really enjoyed. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening. If you enjoy this topic, please subscribe to Fintech Flow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox or any other podcast platforms you listen to. Next time, we will talk about open innovation from a big insurance company's point of view. Until then, stay tuned and follow the flow.